first reading today comes from Psalm 121, a song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And now we're going to turn over to Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6, we're going to read verses 1 to 8 and then verses 22 to 27. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When either a man or a woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, to separate himself to the Lord, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar made from wine or strong drink and shall not drink any juice of grapes or eat grapes fresh or dried. All the days of his separation, he shall eat nothing that is produced by the grapevine, not even the seeds or the skins. All the days of his vow of separation, no razor shall touch his head. Until the time is completed for which he separates himself to the Lord, he shall be holy. He shall let the locks of hair of his head grow long. All the days that he separates himself to the Lord, he shall not go near a dead body, not even for his father or for his mother, for brother or sister, if they die, shall he make himself unclean, because his separation to God is on his head. All the days of his separation, he is holy to the Lord. And now to verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Well, thanks, uh, Wendy, for that reading, and good morning, everyone. Uh, we want to think about that blessing that we've just read at the end of Numbers chapter 6. And uh, before we look at those words again, let's pray to the Lord. Uh, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word and for this blessing. And we pray that we might really be blessed as we think about these words. We pray that you would bless us through your word now and we ask for this uh, through the powerful work of your holy spirit in the name of jesus amen earlier this year we uh, had a building inspector come around to our place to look at some work that we had had done and i was chatting with him and we started talking about his job and as he talked about what he did as a building inspector he slipped in along the way that it was just such a blessing. And as soon as he described his job as a blessing, I wondered, I wonder if this guy's a Christian. 
Because in some ways, blessing seems to be a giveaway Christian word. We don't just talk about being lucky or fortunate. We say we're blessed. And really there are so many blessings that we enjoy and we might often use that word. Uh, What a wonderful blessing good health is. And often it's only when our health is taken away that we realise what a blessing it is. What a blessing a job is. What a blessing family and friends are. The the blessing of our material possessions, good food and drink and holidays and beauty and creation, all these things are wonderful blessings. But, But what is a blessing? And when we say that something's a blessing, is that really just Christian jargon for saying, wow, we're lucky? Or is it actually much more than that? I want us to think about this blessing at the end of Numbers chapter 6. It's often called the Aaronic blessing. Now when I was a little uh, kid I used to go to church with my family and the minister would sometimes pronounce the Aaronic blessing and I had no idea what that word meant. I thought he was saying the ironic blessing and I wonder what was so ironic about this blessing. It's not ironic, it's Aaronic. It's the blessing of Aaron the high priest. And it's a blessing that Aaron is to pronounce upon God's people. It's not a prayer. This is not Aaron coming and asking that God would bless his people. No, God is the initiator here. And God says, I want Aaron and his sons, I want the priests to bless my people. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son saying, you shall bless the people of Israel. And then down in verse 27, so they shall put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. God is the initiator and God wants all his people to be blessed. We read the start of Numbers chapter 6, which is so very different from the way the chapter ends. At the start of chapter 6, you have a Nazarite vow. This was a special vow that someone could take as part of consecrating themselves to the Lord in a special way. It was done for a certain season of life. For a time, they would be specially set apart to the Lord. Uh, And there were three outward signs of the special devotion to the Lord. Basically, no haircuts no alcohol, and no contact with dead bodies. They were outward signs of inwardly being set apart to the Lord. But few people would ever take a Nazarite vow. Few people would be consecrated to the Lord in that special way. But then following that vow, there comes at the end of the chapter the Lord's blessing, and it's not just for the few. It's not just for those who are specially set aside to the Lord. It's not just for the kind of super spiritual amongst God's people. No, God will bless all his people for all time. And so he gives this beautiful blessing. It has three lines in the Hebrew language in which it was first given. And in the first line in Hebrew, there are three words. The second line, there are five words. The third line, there are seven words. So it kind of builds. It's as if this blessing is overflowing into the lives of God's people. 
And I want us to look at the three aspects of God's blessing here. Firstly, the blessing of God's safekeeping. The blessing of the Lord's safekeeping. Notice first up the emphasis on the Lord. That three times in this blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord turn his face toward you. The Lord blesses. I think one of our great temptations, even as God's children, is to look everywhere else for blessing. We think we'll be blessed if we have an abundance of material possessions. And so we might work endlessly or save or spend. Our focus is on possessions because we see them as such a blessing. Or we might think that we're blessed if we have strong relationships. And so we pour a lot of time and energy into family and friends and social media. Connecting with people is, is the big blessing in our lives. Or we might think that we're, we're most blessed if we have health and strength. And so our great focus is fitness and energy and diet. Or we may think that we will be really blessed if we get great grades, high marks, an excellent job, promotions. And so that becomes our focus. That's the blessing we pursue. Now, all these things can be wonderful blessings. But not if we foolishly pursue them at the expense of pursuing God. Then we are chasing the gift and not the giver. And ironically, the good gifts then become more of a curse than a blessing. They can become idols in our lives that take us away from the Lord who blesses. Uh, think of a father who decides to buy his son a bike. Um, Dad's got this grand design in his head that he'll get his kid this bike is going to be like the best and they're going to ride together and have fun together and go on all sorts of adventures together. And so dad saves up, he eventually buys this kid an incredible bike, gives it to him, the kid is just delighted. They have some rides together but in next to no time the boy has so fallen in love with his bike. It's it's his pride and joy. He spends all his time on his bike. He's constantly going off on rides by himself. And eventually that which was intended by dad to bring them together becomes the reason they spend less and less time together. The, the good gift that should have been such a blessing has separated them. And you know, in some ways we can be like that with the blessings that God gives us. They're not meant to substitute for him. They're meant to draw us nearer to him and make us more thankful for our relationship with him. But, but even then, these good things that the Lord gives us are not the heart of the blessing the Lord has for us. But look where this first line of blessing goes. The Lord bless you and keep you. Not, not the Lord bless you and give you a whole lot of stuff. No, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord keeping us is the Lord watching over us. 
protecting us, guarding us. Psalm 121 that we read builds on this. It says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. If you're one of the Lord's children, the Lord keeps you. He watches over you. He protects you. He's with you. What does that mean? Well, it certainly means that the Lord can keep us from sickness and from harm and from attack. We can pray for the Lord's protection. He can protect us from coronavirus. He can protect us from, from accidents and disasters. He can protect us from attack. Uh, who knows what the Lord has already protected us from? But then, of course, we have to recognise Christians still get sick. Harm does come to the Lord's people. Christian people get attacked, Christian people suffer, Christian people are bullied. The Lord's safekeeping doesn't mean a life where the Lord protects us from every trial and problem. Rather, what it means is that in all the trials and difficulties and, and hardships of life, the Lord keeps us. He keeps us as his own. He watches over us. He protects us from evil ultimately undoing us. He protects us from ultimate condemnation and judgment and that's because he's not just keeping our bodies he keeps our soul you might might remember the wonderful doxology at the end of the book of jude where it says now to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless that, that's what the lord does he keeps us from falling he keeps us from spiritual disaster. And ultimately, that is the glorious work of the gospel, the glorious work of Jesus Christ. God watched over him, but even as he watched over his precious son, he allowed him to go to the cross, to there suffer and die in our place. And he permitted that and he allowed that because through Jesus and through his sacrifice, he was keeping us from his judgment, keeping us from ultimate evil and from eternal death. And having saved us through the work of Jesus Christ, he now watches over us forever. I want you to think for a few moments about our friend John DeHoog. Because so many of us prayed that the Lord would heal him of his cancer. And he wasn't healed. And so we might ask, did the Lord keep John? I would say absolutely. He kept his faith so strong. He kept him from despair. He, he kept him from bitterness. He kept him from fear, even as he faced death. 
And more than that, he then has given to him now an eternal inheritance. He kept in heaven an, an eternal inheritance that he kept him for and has brought him into that. There's a wonderful passage right at the end of the Bible that speaks of that eternal inheritance that we are kept for. Let me just read these verses in Revelation 7. It speaks there of, of the saints in glory and says, Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. He'll keep them. He'll watch over them with his presence. They shall neither hunger nor thirst. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat. That's like straight out of Psalm 121. This is the eternal destiny of the Lord's people whom he keeps. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. This is the Lord's keeping of our souls. Keeping us in this world from evil and from falling away and keeping us for an eternal inheritance in his presence. That's the first wonderful blessing, the blessing of the Lord's safekeeping. Well, then in the second line, we go to another blessing, the blessing of the Lord's grace. Look at verse 25. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Do you know what it's like when someone turns their face away from you? They don't want to see you and they look away. Or they don't approve of you and they look away. To, to turn your face away from someone is really the ultimate rejection. But this blessing is that God turns his face towards his people. His face shines on them. They see the smile of his approval. I don't know if you think about this often, but the Lord delights in you. The Lord doesn't just put up with you as some kind of miserable sinner who's really a bit of a disappointment to him. No, in his grace, he has forgiven all your sin. He's cleansed you. He's made you holy and he's adopted you as his child. And now he delights in you. Just like parents delight over their little children. Uh, we now have six little grandchildren. And one of the great delights for us is to see them, or over the last few months, to see photos of them or videos of them on WhatsApp. And sometimes those, those videos of our little grandkids come in, and it is just so delightful to see them. I remember uh, a video a little while ago of one of our grandkids having his first birthday and eating on it his first ever cupcake. And it was just all over the place, and it was a mess. And that video was an absolute delight to watch multiple times. You look at that, 
And because you love that kid, your face lights up. You, your face shines on them. And that's the image used here of God toward us. God smiles on you. His face shines upon you. You might ask, how can that be? I sin so often. I'm not half as faithful to the Lord as I want to be. Surely the Lord is disappointed in me. Surely the Lord frowns on me a lot of the time. Well, the answer to this is found again in the work of Jesus Christ. This, this blessing was placed on the people by the priests. It was a mediated blessing. They brought God's blessing down on God's people. But the Old Testament priests were really just preliminary priests, if you like, pointing forward to the ultimate great high priest, Jesus Christ himself. And he is ultimately the one who mediates and brings down God's blessing upon us. He was a high priest like no other, for the offering that he made was his very self. He offered up his body on the cross. He offered himself to God in all his holiness and righteousness, and he took upon himself in all his love and grace, the punishment and the wrath of God for our sin. Jesus, who always lived uh, uh, under the radiance of God's glory, who always lived with God's face, his Father's face shining on him and being gracious to him. Jesus, who at the baptism had this voice from heaven say, this is my son whom I love. Jesus, who at the Mount of Transfiguration had a voice from heaven say, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. Jesus, the loved son of God, went to the cross and there paid for our sin, took away our shame, removed our unholiness, so that we can be clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ himself. And when God looks on us, he sees us in terms of the finished work of his son Jesus, forgiven, cleansed, holy, righteous, now adopted into his family, filled with his spirit. <laughs> and the Father's face shines upon us. Thankful, glad, delighted in who we are because of the work of Jesus. <laughs> what a blessing that is. Other people might still disapprove of you and turn their face away from you. And when that happens, it's incredibly painful. But if you belong to the Lord Jesus, you, know, you need to know 
that God does not turn his face away from you. He turns his face toward you. He is gracious to you because of the work of Jesus. You don't have his disapproval. You have his smile, his face shining upon you. So that's the second wonderful blessing here. The Lord bless you and keep you. The blessing of his safekeeping. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The, the blessing of the Lord's grace. And then the third blessing. The blessing of the Lord's peace. In the third line, there's another reference to God's face. It says... In the ESV, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. But it's actually the same word face as in the second line. The, the Lord lift up his face toward you and give you peace. What does it mean to lift up your face to someone? Well, suppose a teacher goes into a classroom, and it's a, it's a rare classroom because all the kids are really diligently working, heads down, beavering away. And the teacher goes in, and he says, listen up. And instantly, all the heads lift up and give him their attention. That's the image here. A face lifted up is a face that gives you its attention. And the astounding thing here is that it says God's face is lifted up to us. God gives us his attention. We often think of our need to give God more attention. But the reason we should give him more attention is he is attentive to us. He's attentive to our voice. He's attentive to our prayers. He's attentive to our needs. And he is attentive to our greatest need. That is the need of peace. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace. And the word here is that beautiful Hebrew word that you may know, the word shalom. Shalom, peace. It's not just the absence of strife. Shalom is, is well-being, completeness, wholeness, fullness. It's like the good life. It's life where everything is as it is meant to be. And once again... This peace, this kind of life comes to us through the work of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said in John 10, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. That's what this blessing is talking about. It's life through Jesus Christ that has meaning and purpose. It's life accompanied by every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Forgiven, adopted, righteous, secure, filled with the Holy Spirit, destined for an eternity with God. Do you see that that blessing is far greater than the other blessings we often talk about? This is better than work and better than health even. And better than nice houses and cars and coffees and holidays. Those are wonderful blessings, but this is far better. How much more wonderful to have a face-to-face -face relationship with God. 
the God who gives us eternal well-being. You see, the blessing is not so much what God gives us. The blessing is God himself. Knowing him. Having this face-to-face -face relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Friends, can I ask you, what blessings are you seeking? What would it mean to you to be really blessed? The temptation will be to seek your blessings in the things that God gives us rather than in God himself. And the reality is, you can have a thousand good things in this world and not be blessed. Blessing doesn't just come from the Lord. The blessing is the Lord. Knowing him. Being one of his children. Having him watch over you and protect you. Having him smile upon you and be gracious to you. Having him give you shalom, fullness of life now and forever. And so I want to urge you this morning, go to Jesus Christ for real blessing. I don't know where you're at. Maybe, maybe you're a young person uh, listening this morning and life is happening all around you and stretches out before you and, and there might be worries about work and study and the future and maybe you're scrambling for blessing in all sorts of places but real blessing no matter what happens in the rest of life real blessing will be found in this face-to-face -face relationship with God in knowing God through Jesus Christ but Maybe you're in a place in life where, where it's just hard and where it seems there aren't that many blessings. But there is blessing in knowing Jesus Christ. And you can go to him and receive more blessing than anything that this world can offer. And many of you, I'm sure, know this blessing. You've lived in this blessing for years, maybe for decades. So keep turning your face to the Lord who turns toward you. Keep seeking from him this greatest blessing of knowing him because that is what he wants to give you. Well, little wonder the New Testament turns this threefold blessing into a Trinitarian blessing. You may know this blessing. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Let me expand that a little. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is 
the spiritual riches that we have through his death and resurrection. May that be with you. The love of God. That is the smile and favour of God because you are in Christ and he sees you in him. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That is the face-to-face relationship that we can have with God because of the inward work of the Holy Spirit and the finished work of Jesus Christ. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you forever. Friends, that is true blessing. And even if you're not that wealthy or not that healthy, maybe don't have the world's greatest relationships, even if things are pretty hard, perhaps even pretty disappointing, if you know the Lord, if you know Jesus Christ and who he is and what he has done for you, then you are most blessed. (laughs) Friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Shall we pray together? Lord God, thank you so much that you are a God who wants to bless his people. And you want to bless us, your people, not just with good things, but with yourself, with your grace, with your presence, with your safekeeping, with your peace, the shalom that comes through Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to seek our greatest blessings in you. Help us to treasure above everything else in this world, face-to-face relationship with you. Help us to remember that the greatest blessings are not the things that you give us, but yourself and the relationship we have with you through your son, Jesus. And then knowing that, help us to receive all the other blessings you give us as tokens of your love and your grace and your kindness to us. May we, as your people, be richly blessed by you through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we ask this in his name. Amen.